This is a crypto finance podcast. We are holding internal knowledge sessions and publish selected episodes to share our know-how and experience with you. Today, tale of three rope developers. I got this from this Bitcoin private thing that happened over Christmas, slightly before that. And I will tell that story as it happened. I will not go into technical details, more focus on the social engineering component of it. But one thing that struck me with that, with that story is that this is not the first time that this happens. Right? Um, almost identical stories happened before, got much less interest, because probably because at the time the, the audience was still smaller and the, the ecosystem was still smaller. But I will um, tell two of those stories, one centered around um, Bitcoin and Monero and the other one centered around Cryptsy, the exchange. Um, I think they are all fun. Let's see if we learn something from it. So Bitcoin private, um, first, who knows Bitcoin private? It was a rather small fork. People might know it as a fork of Bitcoin, which it's actually not. Um, technically, it's a, it's a fork of uh, Z Classic, which itself is a fork of Z Coin, where in Z Classic the, the, the founder reward is removed. Um, so I, again, I do not want to go too much into detail. Um, the reason why people will consider it a fork of Bitcoin is because everybody who owned Bitcoin at the launch also got, got Bitcoin private. Um, so everybody who owned Z Classic and everybody who owned Bitcoin got coins of Bitcoin private. The way that this works was, was it, is, it was a, a fork of Z Classic and then uh, there were special transactions crafted that just for everybody who owned Bitcoin added this uh, corresponding UTXO to Bitcoin private. So just to give them those. That process of, of adding those coins, that was broken. This appeared when CoinMetrics just executed one command, as it appears um, in their Bitcoin private node, essentially asking the Bitcoin private node for, hey, what's the, the total amount of outstanding coins? And the answer was not what they expected, but two million more. This happened many months after Bitcoin private started, and really everybody's just wondering how did, that, how did nobody notice that before? The answer is not many eyes are on the small coins. Right. This is probably one of the takeaways from, from, this, from this message. So how did this happen, this whole thing? From the CoinMetrics post where they, where, they, um, where they wrote about this, it says the pull request that added those checks, so it's, it's about um, the integrity checks at the time when you add those coins. Um, those checks were insufficient and allowed anybody to add new coins. The pull request that added those checks received no comments or review despite touching consensus code and being relatively large. Furthermore, the name of the PR pull request does not reflect the criticality of the proposed changes. There is an official statement by Bitcoin Private which tells the story from their perspective and which is fun to read as well. So their, uh, their record of things is that in the beginning a bounty for a specific issue was posted which can be seen at GitHub uh, issue number three. This issue was, or the problem that they wanted to give the bounty for, was add arbitrary transactions as Coinbase inputs at a given block height. So essentially this process of giving out these newly minted coins is what they did not code themselves, but put up a bounty for, for coding that. Then, second, a developer accepted the bounty, becoming a BTCP developer. He was promoted to a contributor on GitHub, allowing him to merge pull requests. Let me, maybe of this, this is the record of, from their blog, let me read the original communication on GitHub where it just says, okay, 
blah, 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 this is the description of the problem that we want to solve. Then somebody answered, if no one is working on it, I can take it. And then the domain developer answered, edit you as a collaborator. And then I'll assign you. So that, that's literally all, right? Somebody said, yeah, I might do it. And he was promoted to a developer, was able to, to propose a pull request and to merge it himself. And nobody from the development team uh, was even looking at it at the time. So again, I do not want to go too much into technical detail of how this bug came along or what, what it did on technical grounds, but just the, do not want to be too negative, but the naivety strikes me a bit extreme. I mean, the, the, the record goes on and when it was noticed and when it was fixed, and there are some things in this which, which are a bit weird and saying that this is usual in open source software, which certainly it is not. We are in a situation where just projects with a, with a very high value, with a very high uh, potential loss if somebody compromises the, the project, are being maintained in a rather unprofessional way. I just now realized there is the fourth incident that I, I could have talked about, and that's this uh, very recent NPM thing, so the one JavaScript library that was used in Copay. It was used in Copay um, where they automatically pulled updates from libraries um, on GitHub uh, or from the NPM repository, and that library was, was just left by the original maintainer. Somebody else took it over uh, and could basically inject arbitrary code into, into a Bitcoin wallet. So that's of the same level here. Essentially, Bitcoin Private, of course, makes a point of they did not know it, they did not steal the money, but from my perspective, it's really, if you steal the money yourself or just put up a sign in front of the house and say, hey, nobody's at home and there is valuables inside, doesn't make that much of a difference at that point. Okay, so, so much for Bitcoin Private. Still somewhat unresolved uh, discussion is going on if it is possible to, to just remove those additional coins um, out of existence. It might be with minimal casualties, um, but that's another story. The next one is Bytecoin. Bytecoin is a crypto node coin. It's a different concept, allows for more anonymity. Again, there, I do not want to go too much into detail. The origin story is a fun one, and I will add links to all of the resources, obviously, because the official origin story of, of CryptoNode and Bitcoin uh, is that they started development in 2012, rather early, and that the, or that the, the, the currency was also live since 2012 and was then used for two years, um, mostly in the dark web before kind of um, opening up to a wider audience being, being used uh, in more production around 2014. That's the story. So then when, when, when it entered the radar of traders in 2014, the alleged story was that it's already two years old and has a wide history and a vivid history. This seems to not be true. Obviously, it's, it's, you can never be completely certain, but this seems to not be true at all. There is a history of two white papers that allegedly came out in, let me check, 2012 and 2014, but, and they were digitally signed with those dates whatever, but using only the clock of the computer of the one signing it, not any external sources. Uh, and there are plenty of, of hints um, that this did not actually happen at that time. It happened in 2014. Most notably, uh, there are references in these papers to posts on Bitcoin Talk that did not even ex exist at the time when the alleged time of the, of the white paper was. 
and the the software used to create these PDFs, these white papers, also was way later than, than that date. So there was plenty of, I would say, evidence that this is not as old as people wanted it to see. So how can you fake yet that your um, that your chain is already two years old when in fact it is not? And it is essentially one of the core promises of blockchain of, of proof of work that you can prove the age of something, right? And that you have this cumulative work, so you can calculate how much hash rate, how much mining effort went into this chain. And by that, you can also prove, kind of prove its age, always assuming a certain hash rate that, that continuously went into this, but you can kind of prove its age. This is where, um, I have to prefix this, where uh, I did not find any written statements of this. I'm referring, when I, with what, I'm, what I'm saying now, I'm referring to a podcast that Fluffy Pony, um, Ricardo Spagni, one of the guys in Monero, gave in a, in a podcast, The Bitcoin Game. Um, I can recommend that podcast, it's nice. Where, where he told the story, the origin story of Monero. Monero is essentially when Bitcoin kind of failed. People started Monero with the with same code base that they discovered that the mining algorithm was intentionally inefficient. So there is just the, the mining of, of Monero, the proof of work of Monero. Some things were calculated in a loop that could just as well have been calculated before the loop and then only used repeatedly in the loop. So the, the official published proof of work um, miner and a, a modified version which literally only moves one line a few lines higher in the code um, are like a factor of 100 more efficient. So if the alleged mining algorithm and the actual mining algorithm differ by a factor of 100, then you can warp time by a factor of 100. And nobody will be able to recognize that. Right? So this is, this is probably what happened and it's also part of the origin story of Monero then. Um, just because uh, Monero identified this problem, or developers in Monero identified this problem, it was uh, left in by Thankful for today. Um, people have nice <coughs> usernames in these projects, and when uh, when the developers, the, when some developers notice this, they remove this code. They essentially forked away from the code that Thankful for today created there and adopted this project. That's what um, what Fluffy Pony says about this. They just came to get an, an altcoin which with a, with a very reasonable code base, or complicated code base, but, uh, but reasonable concepts. Okay, so there as well, uh, people did not review the code enough and uh, that led to very different premises than, than what, happened, what happened actually or what could be done. And this is the way that history repeats itself. We are already short in time, so I will hurry a bit with the third one and that's actually very well possible because it boils down to, to one statement in a blog post. Cryptsy, who still remembers Cryptsy? Probably the traders, right? Did any? Heard of but never traded. Okay. It was a very early exchange. Uh, they, they put up just about any coin that you could imagine. They had, I should have looked at the numbers, but dozens of coins um, that you could trade. Uh, and their infrastructure was probably not that good. At some point, there were alleged problems with, with phishing attempts and rumors that they lost money due to phishing attempts and they could not pay out, whatever. At the time, uh, they published a statement 
saying that their problems are not due to the phishing attempt, but but due to uh, a hack that happened way earlier. This hack happened because of a coin called the Lucky Seven coin, which which was traded on their platform, and where a rogue developer managed to to, to make changes to that coin, so that so that Cryptsy running that code, basically they they downloaded the the Trojan uh, from GitHub, so to say. So the developer of that coin managed to to make Cryptsy. Uh, run software. According to, to Cryptsy, that led to, to a hack of 13,000 BTC and 300,000 Litecoin. Uh, but maybe I should I should say that, that that something like that can lead to a hack is also a sign of a very unprofessional setup in their IT infrastructure. Um, and I do not know how they set it up, but clear separation um, between keys and software is paramount and a separation between any confidential information and uh, software that, that somewhat comes from projects is, is also important. And um, for us, this would just plain not be possible. But nevertheless, um, more as an anecdote type thing, let me read to you uh, from the announcement of Cryptsy the, the mail that uh, some developer, somebody, um, wrote to Cryptsy in order to get his code into Cryptsy. And this is from the blog of Cryptsy. Right? So he wrote, hello, Lucky7Con is not maintained and I would like to take care of it. I have announced that on BitcoinTalk.org in Lucky7Coin thread. You're the only exchange for this coin and I hope you will let me take care of it. I'm responsible. You don't have to be afraid of errors or forks. I'm developing Multipool and I know Bitcoin internals and protocol. Putting up a link to the Bitcoin Talk um, thread. For, for a start. I have changed IRC network so clients could synchronize blockchain. Please upgrade as soon as you can. GitHub repository. Um, branch master will always be for stable versions. Branch devel um, could be dirty. In a two to three weeks, I'll release new version with P2 pool support and checkpoints. Before that, I'll contact you to check few block hashes for checkpoints and make sure there is no fault. I hope we can cooperate and make this coin live again. Jack. Yeah. So this is all it takes to get your specially crafted code being run on the critical infrastructure of an exchange in 2014. Okay, <laughs> that was about it. Uh, I think those three stories have something in common. I guess the, yeah, the take-home message is if you trust the full monetary system onto a software, uh, that software better be well maintained, well run, and the, the, the number of blockchain projects that do have those, um, yeah, a sufficient number of contributors, sufficient numbers, sufficient eyes on it is really very limited. Good. Are there any questions? In your eyes, if you qualify or classify these three cases, which ones do you think are morally totally wrong and which ones do you think are also legally? Very wrong. To make this <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm the right one to answer that, but um, I honestly I think morally wrong is none of them. I'm not saying that I will do something like that tomorrow. I won't. But um, I mean, if if anybody invests in in a coin that um, that has no developers that's somewhat on them, 
Um, the one that might be uh, critical is, is in re indeed the cryptsy one. Uh, and maybe I should have said that before, said that before but the, the cryptsy one, I mean, this is, this is cryptsy's side of the story. Right? They, there are also allegations that they ran with the money and it was not a hack. And so I do not want to enter all of that. It's just that this is one pos possible plausible story and that's, that's already bad enough. Um, but the other ones, only people investing into those projects got burned. And with Cryptsy, people using Cryptsy got burned. Well, that's, that's a very different situation, probably also legally. Anybody else? Okay, that's it. Thank you very much. This episode was brought to you by Crypto Finance. We are happy to receive comments and feedback. Email your thoughts to research at cryptofinance.ch.